Good morning. It is Monday, September 27th, 2021, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Okay, since we last checked in, corn and soybean harvest, man, it surged forward. And Brazilian producers, we can't forget this, they are making rapid progress in planting in what is expected to be a record soybean crop. It's a good thing that the U.S. won the Ryder Cup over the weekend, or I'd be a mess after this sports weekend. My Cyclones got beat in Waco. Cubs were swept by the Cardinals. The Cardinals have now won 16 games in a row. That's good enough. That's good enough. I, you say it. Sweet 16. First time since 1951, Chip, and since we were on last week, they won everything. It's so a, since we were on two weeks ago, yeah. they've won everything. So at least I have one team I can watch in the coming playoffs. It's gonna be I a like. it's gonna be a postseason for St. Louis. It's unbelievable. Yes. yes, yes. All right, I'm AgriTalk host Chip Florian. That is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Weismeyer. And Jim, we've got a very special guest with us this morning, tax specialist Paul Neifer. Farm CPA on Twitter, blogger on AgWeb, podcaster, CPA at Clifton Larson Allen. Let's bring him in right now. Paul Neifer, how are you this morning? It's good to talk with you. Good to talk with you. I'm doing great. I'm actually visiting my uh, kids and my grandson and my granddaughter down in Phoenix for the next couple of days. So that's good. All right. All right. Yeah. Kind of, uh, that, that grandson's fairly fresh, isn't he? Yeah, he's about eight months old. He's sitting yep. up and doing the combat crawl, but that's about it. So. Yep, yep, yeah. I've got two grandsons like the same age, and it's yeah. uh, it, it it is a crazy time when we go to visit. Paul, you reached out. You said, "Listen, I need to have a conversation with you at some point, either on AgriTalk or on Signal to Noise, as we're doing here." And I think we're probably going to do both. Uh, to set the record straight on some of the things and some of the perceptions around the tax proposals yeah. that are in the reconciliation plan or were in the reconciliation plan. You, let's get to the bottom line. What have you got? Well, I think uh, I think the everybody refers to it eliminating the step up in bases. That's not the correct term. The, to me, the correct term was they wanted to do a transfer tax. So either during lifetime or death, you're going to be stuck with some type of a capital gains tax on your appreciation. Now, you might not even have been subject to any type of estate tax, but you're going to end up paying a transfer tax. Now, it appears, and I'll, I'll be curious to see what Jim has to say on it, but it appears that that transfer tax is dead. I mean, I think the farm organizations and so on are very good in getting that uh, killed. Now, we hear that Biden is liking widen, you know, say that fast three times, widen and Biden uh, likes the um, sort of the mark to market on billionaires, but what's the definition of a billionaire? Does it start dropping down into that 20, $30 million range? where they have to mark to market their assets on an annual basis. Uh, that'll be curious. But but it appears for now, and, and I'm definitely curious what Jim's going to have to say, but for now, the the elimination of the step up or the transfer tax appears to be dead. 
but I think it's like cats, you know, it's like that cat that was at the um, University of Miami game, you know, it's still got a, <laughs> it's still got a life out there that might <laughs> hang on. So, uh, uh, but I, I'd definitely be curious to see what Jim has to say on it. Paul, where are we at on capital gains, Paul, too? Isn't yeah. that the backdoor approach? Yep. So right now, based on the House proposal, you know, it's not too bad. It's a, it's a rate of 20. Well, let's back up. The, the true rate is 28.8% if your income's over four or $450,000 of income, depending on married or, or single. And then if you, let's say you're a farmer and you end up selling some uh, land at a decent size gain, you know, you're really, your tax rate at that point is getting if, especially if you're in California, you're approaching a 46, 47% tax bracket. Yeah. And that's at a minimum. We know uh, likely the proposal between the House and the Senate, I would think, Jim, you know, the Senate's going to want a higher rate. The House started with lower rate. It's probably going to be maybe closer to that 30% level is what I'm thinking. So, uh, uh, but, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's sausage making right now, so to speak. Yeah. Well, can any if they write in exemptions for agriculture? I know Colin Peterson, former House Ag Ag Chairman, has, has told me consistently he thinks that that's a little murky that that may not hold up. You know, you know, where are you on that? Yeah, well, and the problem with um, you know exemptions for ag, if you make it too broad, then your billionaires are going to sweep in and start buying up farmland. They're already doing that. That's going to raise up the cost of land for all the farmers out there that want to buy land. Uh, if you make it you know, too restrictive, which right now, if they base it on the current, what we call section 2032A rules, which again, the house beefed that up. You know, Right now it's about a 1.2 million. They beefed it up essentially to 12 million index to inflation starting next year, but that's very restrictive. You, you got to have it in the family. The family's got a farmer for 10 years. If you inherit it and you cash rent it and so on, you got to pay the tax back plus interest. So, you know, I, I, and you don't get a step up, you know, so uh, it's sort of, uh, it sounds great in theory, but when you look at the practicality, it's not a very good proposal, at least in my opinion. Well, it's such a huge liability in the, for, for future payments, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, we could go back to, to secretary Vilsack's of the ERS uh, proposal or the research that came out, uh, you know, when you're starting with a database of almost 2 million farmers that in a farmer is anybody with over a thousand dollars of, of revenue, you know, that's a pretty broad database. And then if you shrink it down to only farmers that really make a living from farming, uh, even their study really showed at least 65 to 75, maybe 80% of those farmers would be hit with a tax. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's the, one of the primary reasons why, the uh, transfer tax was definitely dead on arrival. Okay. What guys, either one of you, what's the status on hiring the, what is it? 80,000 more IRS auditors. At least uh, if not more, uh, I, they'll probably include that. Let's go to a bottom line first. I think a lot on the tax details depends on what the final price tag is on the reconciliation bill. And we don't know that yet because the lower you go means uh, less uh, push for some of these draconian you know, taxes. But the IRS uh, you know, funding chip is a key feature uh, of, of the Democrats package. 
Well, you know, Jim, I think I think that's true. But if they go too low, let's say they go down to one point five trillion, and I, I guess I never thought I'd say too low is one point five trillion. But let's say they go down to one point five trillion, and we're thinking, okay, the corporate tax increase that'll raise about seven hundred billion. So you know, you know, we can fill it in with a few things here and there. But I think if they go that low, then you're going to have the New York, the New Jersey Democrats say, hey, you got to eliminate the salt limitation. And that's about 800 billion over 10 years. So I think if it goes too low, we're still looking at possibly still having quite a bit of um, of some of those draconian tax increases that we don't want to see. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say we would want to hang our hat on on the bill being that low that we'd be OK. OK. True. All right, um, guys, we're, we're going to have Paul with us for just a couple of more minutes. If you've got any questions or comments that you want us to get to, look at the right side of your screen. There's a comments tab over there. Click on that. The dialogue box will pop up at the bottom right corner. <clears throat> Type your questions or comments in there, and we'll try to include it before we cut Paul loose. Um, the, uh, the reporting by banks of okay. transactions, Paul, what it, it's it's been rumored to be as low as six hundred dollars, and now I'm seeing it could be as high as ten thousand. What's yeah, I, what's the status? I, I think it will be ten thousand. If it was six hundred dollars, I'm glad that I'm retiring from preparing tax returns here in the next few years. Oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, you know, essentially, what would happen is that when you file a tax return, you're going to get this report from your bank or all your banks. And then you're going to have to reconcile all those transfers on the tax return. And you're going to have to say, OK, this transfer or this this money coming in was either income. And then you got to show where that income is reported on the return or it was a loan or it was some type of transfer from one bank to another bank or it was your paycheck, whatever it might be. You talk about tax return fees increasing. Oh, um, man. You know, that that could triple or quadruple tax return fees because you're going to because if you don't do it, you're going to get the nasty gram from the IRS saying that you owe $5.5 billion because you had a whole bunch of transfers that went through your account. So th that is bad. Now, 10,000, I think we can handle that, but 600, that would be, you know, there'd be and some, some taxpayers, even farmers, there might be thousands of transactions at the $600 level. Well, I can't imagine what it would be like to be Wiesmeyer's auditor if it was <laughs> about at 600 bucks. Well, this shows you the impact of pushback at the grassroots level. Lawmakers from both political parties heard about this one. Yeah. 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 Very good. Very good. Paul, what are we missing? I, I think uh, what we're missing is the fact that we know taxes are going to go up. You know, farmers need to be, well, I think I'll, I'll back up even a second. I think over on the uh, estates and trust side, you know, a lot of farmers have done a fair amount of what we call grantor trust. And that's where you've got it out of your estate, but you're still paying taxes at the at, as if you still owned it, income taxes. They really are trying to push some dramatic changes through there. And, and for some farmers, that may even have more of a dramatic effect because they've already made all these gifts this year. And now they're going to find out possibly that all that stuff that they did uh, was for not because of some of the proposals that uh, is winding their way through Congress. Uh, like I said, I was sort of a people would ask me what's going on with with all these tax law changes. What should we do? And I was sort of like Aaron Rodgers from about four years ago. I would say R E L A X, relax, don't do anything yeah. stupid. You know, so uh, uh, that 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 certainly I, I think is the key. 
and and Jim, we may, you know, they're trying to get this done, some of it done by September 30th, but really we're looking at December probably before they get the thing to the finish line, aren't we? Yes. A month, a month. Yeah. I always say months, weeks, if not months, because yeah. of the uh, the myriad of details they have to do between the House and the Senate on the, uh, on the now $3.5 trillion package. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that just doesn't give us much time to have our clients do a lot of planning. What about land exchanges, Paul? You you don't see that making it? Uh, No, that uh, at least based on the house, I haven't heard any chatter from the Senate side that they're really going after land exchanges. And we got to remember if they went through and scored it, it it really didn't score that high. I mean, I, I think my memory is what I saw is maybe 30 or 40 billion over 10 years. I think if you're talking trillions, you know, 10, 20, 30 billion really doesn't add up that fast. Uh, uh, now, you know, some of the changes over on the retirement side, uh, you know, they're certainly going after Peter, Th- Peter Thiel's or Thiel's, however it's pronounced, $5 billion Roth. They're going after that, but then they're going to throw in everything else that's over 10 million. So uh, th- there'll definitely be some revenue raised there possibly. Okay. All right, Paul. Um, Keep us up to date on what is going on, and let's chat again on Friday, okay? I'll be ready for it, Chip. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Paul. Thanks. That's Paul Neifer, the Farm CPA. He's with Clifton Larson Allen. I've already made the decision, Jim. We're going to have Paul on with us for the free-for-all. Makes sense. On Friday morning. Because we, I mean, we should know more information exactly. by then, too, because uh, we're going to know a lot this evening, or it looks like, because that's when House Speaker Pelosi uh, has her caucus meeting. So that'll be very revealing, Chip. Yes, absolutely. And that's not until late afternoon, evening, right? 5.30 Eastern time. 5.30 Eastern. That's when it starts. Right. That'll go a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. We kind of need to go rapid fire through some of these other things that we learned last week, Jim. But there's some very important issues that I think we need to touch on. Sure. And and the the ocean shipping containers, we've been talking about the problem and the shortage and the the displacement of those containers for weeks. But it's it's national news now. It's going mainstream. This is a big big deal. Yes, and and it was accelerated to a large degree, Chip, by companies who wanted to advance their their loadings for christmas time and see and it, yeah. that's got messed up with all the other logistical problems that we had even before that and it's a massive backup in the california uh, ports to such a degree that the ports authorized uh weekend uh, work plus overtime but the problem they're getting pushed back from the workers and yeah. then they can't find enough truck drivers uh, from yeah. the port so it's just all of the above chip and and the 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 experts from uh shipping companies are saying this is going to go well into 2022 yeah part of the problem that we're looking at here is that we've got dock workers and truck drivers in other countries, other locations, working 24-7. They've got the shifts running 24-7. And in the U.S., the ports are closed for hours a day. Yes. And and like you said, if, they, if the port is open, we don't know if we've got enough guys that can move those chassis around to, to get those containers where they need to be. It's... Uh, 
I, I don't know when this gets fixed. I no, and you're seeing at the big box stores, uh, Costco yeah. announced uh, was on Fox News late last week saying they're running. You should see the empty shelves. There's a big Costco by me, and they have empty shelves, and they're running out of toilet paper. Here we go again. Same thing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. This story is a long ways away from, from wrapping up, but I, I just wanted to give everybody an update on that. There was a carbon hearing last week. What what was it all about? It was all about, uh, you know, carbon credit is a lot like dairy policy, Chip, in my judgment. Uh, you can never have one, one policy that you can understand and that fits mm -hmm. all. And with the carbon credit, it was made clear again at the hearing. A number of witnesses says we don't know how to price it. We don't know how to measure it. And until you do that, uh, I just don't write much about carbon, you know, credit because yeah. uh, it's 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 not worth the time. Yeah, interesting. Okay, we had Dr. Collins on from the National Institutes of Health uh, on the show on Friday, Jim. It, it I thought it was a very good conversation. We pushed back on a couple of issues. We raised the concerns that that many have over getting the vaccine, that many have over getting a booster shot. And then you asked him about the FSA employees specifically and the advisory board. He gave us one answer and we're getting, we're hearing something completely different from yes. the countryside. It didn't take with the active AgriTalk audience. And yeah. boy, did I get some emails and with proof that uh, yes. he needs to clarify, although he was very good on the AgriTalk program on most issues, but it was made clear to me and uh, we've got the FSA notice out there. I think yeah. you sent it to me, Chip. Yeah, I did. Uh, th there are requirements for advisory, you know, committee people. So make sure, audience, that you you know, yes. you know, the facts and 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 figures on this one. And that tells you that somebody as smart as Dr. Collins, they can't know everything. They can't know everything. That's right. That's right. Um, a lot of the pushback that I got on Dr. Collins was that it was a one-sided interview. Um, I asked many times, what's the other side of the issue that you want us to address? We're happy to do it. Uh, but you you can't just say that vaccines are bad and, and expect me to go on the air and say that vaccines are bad. I'm not going to do that. No. Um, the the other thing that uh, that I brought up very quickly was that Dr. Collins was the head of the NIH under the Trump administration and was one of President Trump's supporters in the in the quick development of the vaccines. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, it this is where if you want to make vaccinations a political issue, that this is where the line turns gray. There's yes. no sharp contrast here. Yes. And I remember I asked him, Chip, what about the natural immunity? If you've had COVID, d d is, should there be a requirement on, on you know, on, on vaccines? And I, and I really paraphrasing him. And he said, look, even if, if you've had uh, COVID, if you get the vaccines after that, you're still three times as less likely yep. to be hospitalized. And also, if you don't get the vaccine and you've had COVID, you can get it again. And if you get it again, it could be more severe the second time. And yeah. I had not heard that as succinctly put as, as he did. Yeah, it's, it's uh, 
we're always looking to get rid of the confusion. And I feel like we had an, um, as honest a conversation as we could about it on, sure. on Friday. Okay. Uh, an, the, the two Michaels from Canada, they're, they've been freed after the Huawei executive was returned to China. Yeah, I think this was, you know, in that conversation that uh, both Xi and Biden had a while back, that was probably discussed in their, their yes. uh, 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 unrolling that plan. And it also tells you that uh, China wanted this out of the way, Chip, but boy, did they promo her from a nationalistic fervor, the pictures of, of her coming off in the off red the dress, and yes. off the plane, et cetera, a hero. Uh, she, she went back, she was delivered at the Huawei uh, uh, area where their headquarters is, is at. Uh, so now, of course, what are the implications? Not so much for the U.S., I've been told. This could improve U.S., Canada, I mean, China, Canada, you know, trade relations. So, okay, Canada and China, Canada, Canada and China, right? Because, uh, there's a number of, of people in our China watchers tell us, uh, are telling, gee, you know, we got too many enemies right now. Are so we, why are, why are we, uh, you know, being so negative towards, uh, Australia, if you will, and Canada? Yeah. So, I think you're Weak. seeing a change from China's perspective. Yeah, I think wheat's the focus there, and and it's part of the reason that the U.S. wheat market has been as strong as it has been is because the China is fighting with with global wheat exporters, and and uh, could be some opportunities there for the U.S. ahead. Um, let's go down to Del Rio, Texas. That bridge it's unoccupied at this point, Jim. Uh, Ten thousand, twelve thousand immigrants or migrants from Haiti have been moved. Boy, it's almost like the spreaders at a baseball game, Chip, as they come in and you know, spread the soil and make it all yeah. clean and pristine. That's what they're doing because this was big show on there. The optics of that was horrible. And the head of uh, Homeland Security said, uh, yes, at least 12,000 have been dispersed in the U.S., and they have 5,000 that they're not giving details on that right now, but at least we have a number. Right. Uh, let's go back to Europe and Germany, and we've got Olaf Scholz, the center-left uh, socialist Democrat, defeated Chancellor Angela Merkel's conservatives. Uh, now it... It's not like the elections are over. Let's switch government. Now there's a lot of debate that happens. It's much like Israel. When you don't have yeah. a majority government, you have to build coalitions, and that's the European way. So they're going to battle probably at least weeks, if more likely months, uh, to build uh, a coalition, Jeff. And, and that seems to be the way the world is going. You cannot find a, a significant majority in, in any country's polls right now. Right. Okay. Okay, let's get to the weekend. Or is there anything else from last week or well, over the weekend that we something we didn't get the RFS oh, uh, yeah. mandate total? And you know, we had breaking news. We thought it was on AgriTalk Friday when Representative Cindy Axney, Democrat from Iowa, uh, oh. said she didn't think it was going to come out. And boy, that that perked my ears up. And yep. it didn't come out. Uh, now I don't. The speculation, you know, the biofuel industry is so rampant with speculation all the time anyway and so the oil industry as well they're think they're hoping that maybe the pushback against the reuters rumored uh, levels which are way down 
from what I know the biofuel people want. Maybe that has made inroads at the White House. I've not yet confirmed that, but uh, there's a number of meetings early this week at the Office Management and Budget uh, on the proposed rule. And after those take place, Chip, at the first part of this week, then you could have an announcement. But I, I just, I never like to get into specific timelines on announcements, especially with EPA, because you can look red-faced. Look at Senator Chuck Grassley, who is yeah. such in the loop on this, that, that he said he was told that it would be out Friday after last Friday afternoon, and it wasn't. Yeah. And Grassley's not usually wrong on those things. Not on that one. No. Not on that one. He's not usually wrong. Jeff Cooper, the president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, is going to be on AgriTalk this morning. We'll get the latest from him on what to expect there. Uh, okay, let's get to it. We've got a lot of negotiation over two huge bills that are going to be taking place this week. Yes, I'm looking at my screen. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, has pushed back the vote on the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill in, in, for, for a few days. Uh, that tells me a lot right there, Chip, that uh, she doesn't have the votes right now you know, far that from the uh, liberals or the progressives in her party. Again, we're going to know hopefully a lot more uh, this evening after uh, she holds a top Democratic caucus uh, meeting where all these issues will be, uh, you know, flushed out, uh, you know, fleshed out, I should say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the the $3.5 trillion price tag is getting smaller. Um I don't know exactly what she meant when she said that that's self-evident uh, over the weekend. It's almost like she was saying, well, of course it's going to get smaller, don't you think? <laughs> uh, she was probably know, mentioning mansion and cinema without saying their names. She knows that they will not <laughs> vote for anything that high. And, you know, when Biden had his meetings with uh, the different groups, he kept he he kept on asking them, what's, what's your, your number? number? What's yeah. your number? They wouldn't <laughs> give him a number. And I think Pelosi rightfully so says, what are the features of this bill that you want? And then let's add up what it will cost. Right. And but then she put the cost. Well, Biden put the cost at the weekend at zero, you know, saying everything will be accounted for. It's but paid boy, for. Yeah, yeah. that's that's not to be. So we've got moving parts. But the real focus at hand this week, Chip, is the uh, the the need to fund the government past Thursday because the beginning of the fiscal year is Friday. I clearly believe that they'll the Senate will initially this week vote down the combined uh, stopgap spending bill that's linked in with a suspension of the debt ceiling because not one Republican will vote for that. Then they'll let the, the, the dust settle, uh, the, the Democrats, and then they'll have a relatively clean uh, stopgap spending bill. We don't okay. know how far that'll go. Uh, and that's to fund the government. Yes. And yep. initially that was good to go through uh, December 3rd, but the Democrats may, may, may uh, tighten that up a little bit. But for the ag sector, the one thing they're looking at, I know on this, other than keeping the government uh, involved here, is uh, whether or not the a clean bill will include $10 billion for a, you know, ag disaster you know, funding, WIP plus, WIP plus plus, 
et cetera. Uh, the consensus in town here is that uh, that will be included, but it's something to look for. So I think the, uh, the, the government funding issue should be done by the end of this week. Okay. You know, it, it's, um, it, the the bill itself, and I'm talking about the reconciliation bill, the human infrastructure, the social infrastructure, and climate green, change. I always and, like, I always add. Let's in let's call it what it is: the Green New Deal. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, it, Pol Speaker Pelosi over the weekend, I, and I think maybe she's described it this way before, but when I saw her talk about it being a transformative bill one that is going to transform the way that the government operates, one that is going to transform the way that we operate as citizens of this country, Jim. That's the impression that I'm getting from Speaker Pelosi now. When, when she said transformative this weekend, she had a different look in her eye. Well, they're, 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 they absolutely want it. And this comes at a time, Chip, in which uh, when we've had transformative government in the past, uh, a few examples under President uh, you know, Roosevelt and mm -hmm. Lyndon Johnson, yes. the Democratic Party had big majorities. Now they don't have any solid majority. It's even Stephen in the Senate, and she can only lose three votes in the House. So this is why it's somewhat galling to her opponents to uh, push for major transformative changes, Jeff. Yeah. You know, and and Jim, I, I feel like we should mention this. Uh, you mentioned that we had Representative Sidney Axney on the free-for-all on Friday morning, which is always a lot of fun to have her on. Yes. Uh, I, she got the, she pushed hard to get that billion dollars for the biofuels infrastructure. And even after that, she, she maintains that if they slide something in there last minute that goes against anything that she has said is a deal killer, she will not vote for that bill. She has seen the polls in Iowa uh, that are sinking right, for, right. for you know President Biden. Okay, Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, is maybe the best vote counter ever in the House. I don't know how she can count this this vote. Um. What what the the likely outcome is is going to be in this environment where things could be added in in the last second? Well, she is a master at that, and oh she yeah, that again, she will not bring a bill to a vote if she doesn't have the votes, and yes. that's that that's her history. She does not. We've seen some Republican leaders in the past uh, look weak when they put a bill on the floor just to see who would vote for or against it. And, and in several cases, it was defeated and they never rallied after that, Chip. Uh, she's uh, polled wonders out before. And I will admit this, this is her hardest uh, task. Uh, uh, how will she do it? Uh, I keep hearing the word framework. She's trying to convince both the moderates and the progressives or liberals in her party that here's the structure. Don't worry about too many details. We've got your back. Vote for some of these things. So that's right. what she's probably going to press, uh, you know, this afternoon, 
you know, with her caucus. But uh, she's got the power of uh, spending on her side, you know, uh, so earmarks, if you will, that she can convince some naysayers. But there's a group of, uh, you know, Democrats, again, from both on the centrist and the and the liberal side that it's going to be hard to convince, Jim. Okay. Uh, I don't think we've missed anything, have we, Jim? No, just the natural gas. I just think okay. I've seen some volatile yep. markets, but it's although they're going up here, it, you should Europe is just you've got BP over in Europe oh, yeah. having to close a significant number of their stations, petrol as they call it, in the UK because of the mad dash uh, for you know gasoline uh, over there, and if that's any indication of what's going to be transported over here watch out and it has all all uh, implications for a number of things in the in the fertilizer end here in the meat industry as i wrote about yeah. on profarmer.com you know this morning with the co2 uh, etc but watch that because it, it it if if we have a, a colder than normal winter uh oh. th this thing could be quite volatile Oh. And, and the Fed, you talk about other implications, inflation would rise even more. Yep. The Fed's already increased. Yeah, but energy week. costs don't count. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see a change attitude once you start hearing the complaints on the uh, energy prices. And it's not even, well, it's officially fall yet. So yep. I, I just, I just, I, you know, from an old market reporter, I, I'm watching the Absolutely. UK hard. So I would just, it's a barometer of the potential things that could come across the waters. Believe me, we've got Davis Michelson, the anchor for. AgriTalk and landowner editor uh, and kind of our inputs guru at ProFarmer is watching that what's going on in that energy market sure. very, very closely. Uh, last last week, uh, Friday, we had a cattle on feed report that was mostly neutral and we're seeing a mostly neutral reaction in the markets this morning. But we had a hogs and pigs report that was below the lowest trade estimates uh, on the total number of hogs and pigs and on the market hog numbers. Not only that, but there were revisions, down, downward revisions to previous H&P numbers. Yes. So it was kind of a multiplier effect on what the total number of hogs are out there right now. It was bullish, and we've got, uh, we've got lean hog futures up more than four bucks on the open, Jim. And so. I want a little bet with Brian Grady. Uh, he's not on the program, so I'll let him speak for himself. But I've been <laughs> telling him for for months that my hog industry contacts who are a lot uh, mm -hmm. uh, were telling me, you know, this PERS and other things right. are significantly impacting the hog count. And that's, I think, what, you know, what it showed, Chip. But we're off yeah. to the races in the hog market. Yeah, absolutely. Not much change in the grain markets this, uh, this morning, but we've got big reports later this week, the quarterly grain stocks report and the annual small grain summary coming our way on Thursday, September yes. 30th. All right. Uh, again, just a reminder that uh, we take care of the policy and issues at 10.06 every, uh, Central every weekday on AgriTalk. We talk markets 2.06 every weekday afternoon on AgriTalk. Come join us. And uh, this morning, we've got Jeff Cooper from the Renewable Fuels Association going to give us an update. Have a great week, Jim. Uh, we'll... we're <laughs> We're, have a great week, everybody. Keep looking for those signals. And 
ignore the noise that I just gave you. Good grief. <laughs>